Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes, because we love this sport. I'm Jason Grubb with Rick Stevenson. This is episode 29 already. Rick, how are you doing, brother? Wow. <laughs> I'm doing well. Luckily, there's a little distance between us because I haven't caught any uh, any germs or viruses. So, Dude, I swear this is... How are you feeling? Uh, I am fi- I'm fine. I, I'm still coughing. You sound good. You sound better. I, Oh my gosh, I, it was so bad last week. Um, and honestly, it was bad the week before. I got sick. The, yeah. I mean, the Monday after the games, it started kicking in. And it's funny, I did a recap YouTube video, like a behind the scenes. And I worked on it last week, I think. And it, there was one segment in that where I was talking to the camera about like uh, my family being sick and everyone was sick. And I'm oh, like, thank God I, I got through this. I bet I'm just going to die and I and I died literally a day after the games. Um, oof, it was that, brutal. That's called karma. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right? Absolute karma. And I know? suffered. I I think. Um, I mean, I know there's another strain of of uh, of COVID going around. There's a there's a good chance. It doesn't matter. I had an upper respiratory yeah. awful thing, and my family Whatever. had it. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's if it, if it was at the if people were at the games, there was a lot of people at the games that ended up afterwards catching something. Um, but it's also part Correct. of being an elite athlete. You go out there, you kill yourself. You've been training forever. You stop, and your body's like, time to be sick for a minute. Everything's just going to calm oh, down. I, I, when you and I talked about that, I thought that was the first thing. It's like it's just the, um, you know, your 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 system just shuts down after yeah. everything that it's been through. And who knows? I am the farthest thing from a doctor, but boy, I think you're more susceptible to germs and stuff like that. I think so point. too. But and I'm a very clean person, dude. I'm going to tell you, like, mm-hmm. I am yeah. one of those guys. If 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 I needed another job, um, I would put myself out there as a germ um forensic germ detective or something like i can trace okay. all the germs that exist in the world back to their original spot or, and what i mean for example like like if i travel like in an airport my biggest glitch is like the bathroom floors is my biggest concern oh right you walk in there and then you walk out of there and walk in those same shoes that were on some sort of sticky floor and now you get on an airplane mm-hmm. and you put your carry-on bag under the seat in front of you where your feet are where your disgusting bottom of your shoes are that were yep. on the floor Excellent. in the bathroom and then you grab that bag and throw it on your shoulder later and i'm pretty sure that's where all yep. diseases come from i think that's the super and spreader that bag might just be thrown down on the bed when you get right. into the hotel room right until you move it or whatever oh Dude, no. I watch all that stuff. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I know where they all come from. I, I I haven't touched a doorknob with my bare hand in a really long time, or at least a public doorknob. It's either like my pinky yeah. or my foot or like, I mean, Ooh. we're in like, uh, we're in colonial parts of Virginia and the oh, boys cool. and I went to the Near bathroom. Yeah, we're, we're right in Williamsburg, actually. Yeah. So my uh, uh, buddy who I work with is going to be there in uh, two, two days, three oh, days, yeah? moving his daughter into William and Mary. Which is that's right it there. drove through there that's that yep. is the second yep. exactly. oldest second oldest college yep. in american history she's uh she's uh our middle one's age too so she oh, started her sophomore year and uh she loves it down there they love the trip down yeah down it's, there. It's, it's a pretty area it's a pretty area and i didn't realize that how much in the south we are the humidity and the heat is pretty insane oh, oh yeah um, oh, and again yeah. yeah we i i love hand sanitizer i love staying clean and um it's really hard when you have this much humidity to stay clean let's <laughs> just say that it's um, just sweat <laughs> hey completely unrelated but somewhat related to your germs i'm not picking aside one way or the other but today this is not my tip of the week nor it has anything to do with crossfit but it's it was a fantastic read it was in the washington post today and it was going back to the uh the way the chinese government covered up and hid what was going on there speaking of germs in late 2019 yep. and oh it was just another eye-opening read I've chosen to ignore most of that stuff now that we're past it, but every now and then an article like that will catch my attention. And it was a long one. It took me a while to get through, but oh, thumbs man. up to the journalistic reporting that they yeah, dig, dig through stuff. Oh. I mean, finally to go back and dig into that and uh, yeah. and, and, and really uncover. Nothing to do with the origin. Right. Not, not, not talking Just about the, cover the origin. Up. Just we're the cover up, the, cover the numbers, the all of that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so. Pretty brutal stuff. I, we might be offending, you know, a few people that listen here, there. So sorry, but well, great it read. was. I'm it was a. Uh, I mean, it's a I mainstream thought. news outlet right there covering that. I. It's that's a. It's tough sure. to offend someone there. Yeah. Um. Moving on to CrossFit news. A uh, couple yeah. of hey, things. That's what we're here for. That we're here for that, and we will. We'll do. <laughs> we'll provide our own propaganda out here for this uh, CrossFit. <laughs> there you go. Because we do have some rumors. 
And so I think it's fair to bring up what's going on in the rumor mill because right. you and I have both heard from, from multiple sources various details. Um, one, we know, and it's confirmed, that CrossFit will not be in Madison next year, the CrossFit Games. We know that that's public. Absolutely. Right? And, but, and we've already speculated on where we think it could be. Yep. But we have no idea more than anybody else. Right. You know, we have our ideal locations, but... And I may have heard things. I may have heard things from people mm-hmm. that, that should be in the know. But honestly, like, I don't know. The, the, the location that I've heard is quite confusing. So we're just going to leave that one out because that one's really, Correct. really yeah. speculative. Yeah. But what we do know or what we've heard from strong sources is that right. next year there will not be uh, age group adaptive uh, teenagers uh, masters as part of the CrossFit Games in a traditional sense that we've seen over the past 10 right. plus years. I thought right. that's really interesting. You know, we went through the history of the CrossFit Games as we we're leading up to the Games and you were telling us about the history of masters athletes at the Games. How mm-hmm. random or how ironic is it that now now we hear that they're going to spin us off um and mm-hmm. that there's going to be a separate event we don't i haven't heard anything about age group i haven't heard anything about adaptive but i have heard that masters will be spun off to its own masters cross oh, you mean teenagers did i yeah, say teenage, teenage, yeah, I meant teenagers, teenagers yeah. Yeah, yeah teenagers yeah right. teenagers and adaptives i don't know but i've heard that masters will be spun off to an event after the games uh, that will be hosted by uh, a, a group that has held masters, uh, large masters competitions uh, historically. And um, we don't know anything. Nothing has been, um, you know, come out of CrossFit on that. No. But I've heard from multiple, multiple sources. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Those all those multiple sources could be hearing it from one someone who's just leaking something Com- that may not be or true, completely but, wrong. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Could be so wrong. That's why you have to. Yeah, we um, do sense teenagers? the writing on the wall. We sense oh, it with coverage yeah. and all that. It makes I some think, sense. But what are your I, thoughts? I think that's the I, well, I was going to say for teenagers. Again, what I've not heard is anything about teenagers or adaptive. But if you start to connect dots, they have that event up in uh, Michigan at the mm-hmm. at the pit, I believe, team, that, that teen fitness. It would be a natural uh, extension of perhaps that event to maybe uh, take ownership there. Uh, sure. And for uh, adaptives, CrossFit was slow to bring adaptives onto the set onto the scene where they took a lot of guidance from the folks that run Wadapalooza. So if somehow that gets tied back and for those uh, athletes, that's, that's their games. It goes right right back to where they had a venue to begin with. Right. Interesting. Um, Because uh, I, and again, I'm not familiar with that uh, intricacies of that community, but I think they have, Wadapalooza folks have more experience in programming in uh, division standards and everything that relates to it, it would just make natural sense to go back there. And there you already have the pieces the in place. Yeah, they have pieces. And, and with Wadapalooza starting this new West Coast deal, it would make sense. It would make a lot of have, sense, actually. Maybe that it goes there, but it's the same people running it. So yeah. that's all I want to say on those two, yeah. teenagers and, and, and adaptives. But circling back to masters, yes, we've all heard it. Yep. Um, we're, not out, we're not out soliciting any type of information. It's people texting us. It's people yep. calling us. Yep. Um, hey, what have you heard? And, and me not being in Madison, you being in Madison, I'm sure you were a lot closer to the to yep. the rumors that were flying around. People loved coming up to tell me exactly what they heard. Exactly. And I, yeah, exactly. The, the fact is I heard it from multiple people, multiple people in Madison. And I've actually been on a couple of uh, podcasts recently, uh, kettlebells and cocktails, uh, the uh, Clydesdale media podcast, where mm-hmm. we've had conversations on the air about some of this as well. So it's, is this is something that's it's really, there. it's out there. It's out there. So we're talking about something that other people are already talking about. Um, I'll tell you my initial thought when I heard right. at the games that this was the last year that the masters would be at the big show. If we want to just call it that the big, big event. Um, I, I was, I mean, initially I was sad. Of course it's changed. Change is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, my aspirations were always to be at the CrossFit games and I've been there five years in a row. I've only been in Madison. I don't know anything else in that, in that space. I only know what it's like to be there to either be running our events alongside with the individuals as it has been some years Mm -hmm. or to overlap with them a little bit or to have ours first and their second. Each one of those iterations has had its pluses and minuses, Um, but to not be there, to not be a part of that and not have that that big, huge event feel to it, that fitness festival, the biggest thing. I was There's sad. a vibe. Yeah. I think that's you've been it. You've experienced it. it. And you we talked about this beforehand that you you got there. You were there last mm-hmm. year and you got the chance to to 
display and get out there on the field. And I mean, let's just say you got to tie for first. Okay. Let's just, I, you don't say it a lot, but you did tie for first, no, no. but you right. podiumed your first year at the CrossFit Games. Um, but you got there. Talk about that. I mean, what's, right. what's that mean to you? Well, it, it, I, I felt like it, without going too deep down it, it was, it went by too fast. And with change, not even on your horizon or radar at that time, you almost wish you would have soaked in a little bit more of the experience. And what you talked about the feel or the fe- fitness festival feel of it is my head was on, felt like it was on a swivel the entire week right. um, because you just didn't know who you were going to see. And if you're a fan of the sport, like we are, you could be just walking into the you know warm up area and see so-and-so or whatever like that. And you're like, oh my gosh, the part about if it does get split off, you lose that. But there are pluses and we can talk about Let's do. You know, the pluses yeah. to it. Lead um, us off. Lead us off you know, on the on the silver well, lining. Okay. <laughs> first first thought was you and I have been on the record, uh, along with lots of friends and colleagues of ours that complain about the 10-person field. Um, if this does indeed happen and it goes to a separate hosted event, uh, you would expect them to have larger fields. That is a plus. That brings uh, a lot more people into play. Now, how you do the selection process and to, to narrow the field down to get a bigger field, who knows? But all I know is 10... 10 people. It doesn't work. We talked about it. It's uh, it's it's odd from a scoring perspective. You have no shows, you have injuries, you get a very small field, you have no shakeup. Um, with only seven to eight events per year, uh, those that take first, like yourself in a couple of events, it sets yourself up really well. You take a ninth or a tenth, you've got 10 or 20 points, you're already buried. Right. Uh, it's just a larger field, I think, is going to be beneficial. And if they're smart, if they're on top of marketing and they're on top of the messaging, they're going to use that as a very large selling point to try to appease the master's community. Well, and there's there's the rub right there. Um, I, I One, I agree with you completely on the larger field. More opportunities for master's athletes to checkbox mm-hmm. that bucket list item of making it to the CrossFit Games. They get to compete at the CrossFit Games with athletes like you, like me, the ones that they've seen mm-hmm. Uh, you know, online, the ones they've seen in the past and, and, the, and the next stars that come up and shine in the master's field, they mm-hmm. get to do that. So it provides much more opportunity for that, much more inclusive. Um, I love the idea that the score, if it's, to, if it's 20 in, in the field per division, 30, 40, I can't even imagine that if I win an event and the second place guy is only behind me by three points, like that just is oh, mind numbing. Yeah. It's crazy. You know, how exciting would that be? I'd, you have to battle for every single, I mean, you still have to battle right now, but be oh, much yes, more interesting. Yes. You know, and you'd have wild uh, cards this, out there. Th- that pulls me back to a quote. If you watch the documentaries, which I know we do, of course. Uh, my, my buddies at work wonder why I'm not caught up on every HBO show out there. And it's probably because I spend my time watching these documentaries. But my point is 2019 games, if you remember that, uh, Matt went out and won the first two events. And he would had a quote late in the day, late in the first day. He's like, damn, I've done all this work and I have a six point lead or something yeah, like that. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> or the maybe he point. won the first three events. I don't remember what it was, yeah. but to your point is there's no separation in right. point uh, distribution when you have a larger field. But you know what? Uh, as cool as it was to, to be in that festival atmosphere and that vibe of who you might see, when, when three, two, one, and the beep went off. I'm not competing against BKG or right. um, Sam Dancer. I have my age group that all I'm concerned about. So it really, you know, if you want to compete like we do, I'm not worried about who I yeah. might or might not be there. I'm yeah. worried about who's in the lanes around me. This is really true. And that's where um, I, I'm going to circle back to something that you said earlier. But I'll, t- I'll before that, I'll say that's what special I think you and I have experienced at at larger uh, competitions like Wadapalooza, which we've done together, uh, MFC, which you've done, and mm-hmm. I'm, we're going to do again this year. Mm-hmm. You're going and I'm going. You're doing teams. I'm going to go individual. At Legends, when we're, for example, at Legends, three, two, one, go. It like That's it. it you're right. It is the guys around me. and Focus. Yeah. yeah. Legends has that larger field. And that was one of my frustrations last year at Legends that uh, I was struggling to win events. Mm-hmm. And by not winning events and having different guys beat me, my score was just not moving into that like, you know, I'm not dominating. I'm just barely winning, which made it very hard. Comfort but also, range. Yeah, comfort range. I was never insured out there. Um, but it was really fun. I loved it. And I love, I think that's a great point that when you're on that stage against the guys that you're against, the blinders go on and this is your job. 
yeah, you're not competing against Jeffrey Adler, or Roman Krennikov. Um, you're there yeah. to do a job, and it still is battle, and that's a carnal reward system right there for us. The thing I want to circle back mm-hmm. to, you'd mentioned if CrossFit markets this correctly, it can go really well. And what we do know is that CrossFit, if I'm a betting person, CrossFit generally does this poorly. And now, we could hope. I hope that they come around Please. this with, with something, because you have to sell it to us. Like you Listen, you guys just have to. This has to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And we want your involvement in the open. We want you masters. We want you in quarterfinals and semifinals. We want you to shine because you are the bread and butter of this sport. You're the financial foundation of the sport of CrossFit. So we've decided to give you your own event where the spotlight is yours. Now, they could sell that if they say, hey, we couldn't, you know, our resources are spread so thin at the games. We can't cover everything. So we've gone and done this. Now it's yours. Welcome to the Masters CrossFit Games. Full coverage with our partners who are running this. Full qualifiers. Um, I don't know, you know, top tier sponsors. If they have some sort yep. of, it, it, it was a bummer this year, but instead, here's what we're going to do in the future. Welcome to the CrossFit Masters Games or whatever they want to call it. They could yeah. spend $10,000 on their media team. <laughs> Like just pay those guys that do that stuff to make Correct. it amazing, yep. and um, and we'll, I'll get goosebumps. You'll get goosebumps, and we'll sign up. Take my money. Yep, we'll you know? support the sponsors. I think, yep. like we always do. I'll tell you. I mean, it, it's hard not to. Um, what would be interesting is can they can oh, this is way off tangent. Can they recruit sponsors that might be more for our age group, but might not be all fitness related? I mean, do do other companies care about? targeted audiences such as ours where there are dollars to be spent no clue but dude i mean you know i don't know who you reach out to Uh, we'd love to i do they want our opinions do they want feedback from us i mean that's the thing uh which is important yeah i hope i mean ram trucks is much more to our demographic yeah, than yeah. it is a 20-year-old demographic. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. have sponsored the games before. Uh, be very interesting. Oh, yeah. I remember that. So um, that is the rumor mill there. Anything else Correct. on that? Well, I, you know, it should be a slow time. What are we? Uh, towards <laughs> the end of August. And I think it still, still technically is. I mean, um, but something tells me that we're going to have a lot more to discuss in the weeks ahead, maybe yeah. a month or two ahead. Uh, that relate that that pertain to this, and normally I think our cycle will be we'll talk about uh, what's coming up event wise and yep. things like that. But I bet you we circle back to this. I think um, I think this might be a topic. It it just seems like something's building. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it is right it, now. No, every every podcast that I've been on in the last couple of weeks has had this as a significant portion of that conversation. So uh, it's a hot it's a hot mm-hmm. ticket item. I'm sure we'll circle back when the actual news comes out. Um, or honestly. Uh, to our listeners, if we hear anything else juicy, we'll sh- we'll share what we feel we can share mm-hmm. um, when it if it comes out. If there's something fresh, something new, um, interesting right. around that, um, and other- and certainly if it's from a a you know out of the horse's mouth, yeah, you know we'll 100%. be as quick to react with that and try and get some other people's opinions yep. as well. We'll have an emergency motion, Masters in Motion podcast. If, if there's a, <laughs> we'll go live. We'll just you know we'll go wait we'll code red. Jason, I'm driving home from work. <laughs> Come on. Let Did me, you get the news? The We're going room. live. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll tell you car. one of the things that was nice to see this week. And this is a little piece of news. And then we're going to get into the Masters, uh, the Legends Masters Championship. Um, qualifiers and we're going to talk through those workouts uh just touch on them little strategy share some of our tips that we've picked up from others ourselves but here's the quick uh, uh update last week dave castro he's doing these weekend review uh and he has a lot of questions and answers on youtube but i think it's really cool people just ask him honest questions he turns the camera on and answers them as honestly as he can <laughs> and last week he said you know someone brought up the idea or the question of hey masters coverage was horrible this year what's up with that he said, well, honestly, uh, you know, it, it, it was rough. We realized that. I can't remember all that he said, but he, he, he also sort of brought out that we had, you know, they, the teams that were there, the media teams that were there had the opportunity to stream and no one was interested. Right. And it was a very, it was a right. little bit flippant. Um, he may not have used that exact wording, but that was the message that kind of gone across. So I jumped in there and I made a comment and I said, hey, Dave, so as a, as a press pass holder myself, because of this podcast, um, I didn't pick up my press pass until after my events were over, just to be technically clear, because I did stream uh, my events on my Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. But the press pass agreement stated as the press, you cannot stream anything at any time from the games. Um, there are exclusive rights 
to CrossFit, uh, media and, uh, and ESPN yeah. and all that stuff. So multiple times when you're signing the press pass agreement, it says you cannot stream. You can't, you can't actually show that many pictures you take. There's a limit to the amount of pictures you can share online. It's I heard that on another podcast. Super restrictive. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. restrictive. Very interesting. So, um, I post, I, I asked Dave that question and this week he ad he addressed my question, which was, uh, very cool. He said, you know, at Jason Grubb, blah, blah, blah. My question, he said, you know, Jason, you're probably right. I think that is in the agreement. And my question to him was, did you extend a pardon or an exception to all of the media teams and let them know that, that, uh, streaming the masters would be mm-hmm. exempt from this rule. He said, no, we didn't do anything like that. And that probably would have been a good idea. And I just want to say officially Dave Castro, uh, can come across and I just there's so many times I don't want to like him because he mm-hmm. he can come across he sounds he's very decisive very quick um has lots of opinions but when it comes down to it he's he's very kind and quick to admit if he's wrong if he made a mistake and that's what he did mm-hmm. right there he's like yeah we probably should have done that that's a good right. idea and like just super yeah. humble and I've anytime I've met him in person he is just a down to earth genuine kind human being um i'm sure you've had that experience with him i'm like man i just want to be mad at him and then he goes and does something like that totally redeems himself uh so thank you dave castro for for listening and for um for responding i mean and responding in a way that was very authentic and genuine i appreciate that yeah i i by most um experience with him and i'm allowed to say it now is i I was down in columbus to uh be part of the testing group uh, testing team for the games workouts specifically age group for me and uh he was uh he was hands-on you know it was certainly a lot of it was coming it was it was boz's programming but um dave dave had an eye on everything and uh asked opinions had opinions and uh, solicited feedback, and so it was a it was a very good interaction. And I tell you what, uh, the media has a way of blowing up a public persona, which does not uh, tell uh, uh, or reveal what a person truly is like. And, and yep. we all know that we're yep. we're old enough and smart enough to understand that. So, uh, look, I think again, there was a lot going on, and. I think that decision was made um, probably early on and just not and just tabled as that decision has been made for lack of coverage. And there wasn't much more thought because there was probably a checklist of about 100 things more they had a task and get done. And, you know, looking back on it now, again, circling back, if this is its own separate event, uh, we I think those items might not just be pushed to the side. And I think there's going to be a lot more clarity on who can do what and how can it be done. Um, because the thoughtfulness from the organizers of if this does happen, whoever gets it are going to be front and center. It's, it's important to them. So, right. Right. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> we, good on, we will good see. on Dave's weekend. Re- I think it's called Dave's weekend review, right? <laughs> yeah. I think, I think is uh, about 10 or 12 minutes every, <laughs> about every Monday, unless he's traveling. I mean, it's really cool that he does it. And, uh, I, I just love how unscripted it is. It's just Dave just yeah. answering questions. Um, well, yeah. let's move into these qualifiers. Sure. Um, the legends qualifier. We had Joe, uh, Linton on the podcast Linton. last yep. week. He is the co-founder of the Legends Championship, which has been uh, a very big event uh, for a number of years now for Masters athletes. If you didn't get a chance to hear that episode, go back and take a listen. Uh, but it's really neat to hear the history of the event, what they went through as they were building it mm-hmm. uh, from their gym into much larger areas. And then COVID happened and they actually, you know, what they did to make <laughs> yeah. that one happen. <laughs> Dealing with COVID. Yeah. Really amazing. Uh, but they've released their qualifiers literally last Wednesday. And we have, uh, let's see, the, the countdown timer shows me we have 19 days to complete yep. these qualifiers. That's how much time we have left. There are one, two, three, four, five, six. Um, let's see, six qualifiers, seven s- scores. Yeah, let's see, uh, seven, seven scores. Right. Um, well, they're one, they're two. really fun workouts, and you know, historically, what I found with legends is that they're very good at programming for our age groups uh, and creating very mm-hmm. challenging tests. So, with that said, we wanted to just jump through these workouts. Uh, share what they are, share some some quick and brief strategies, how we would approach these workouts or how we did them if we've done them. Uh, I know you've watched some people do them. So we'll we'll share everything we can mm-hmm. at this point about what these workouts what these workouts are like. Okay. Uh, 23.1 is a two-parter. Uh, and actually on the scorecard, it's listed as 23.1 and 23.1A. Uh, let's see briefly, how do we go through this here? It is uh, two scores. Actually, it's a three-parter because it, you get five minutes to establish um, uh, 
a snatch, mm-hmm. one rep max snatch. Correct. And then you have a minute transition here. I'm pretty sure. Yep. A minute transition into a five minute AMRAP of ascending by twos of dumbbell squats and chest to bars uh, with chin over the bar being for the older age groups. So uh, two dumbbell squat, uh, two dumbbell uh, squats, two chest to bars, four dumbbell squats, four chest to bars on and up. Then at the end of the five minutes, you have a minute to reset and another five minutes to establish a one rep max snatch. So the score, your one score is your total weight lifted for the two lifts. And then the other is number of reps completed. How far did you get in the squat and chest to bar piece? So, uh, I did this. I did it. I did it yesterday. All right. I'll, I'll share my experience. Um, it, I did it outside. It was under, it was less than ideal circumstances because it was two in the afternoon, uh, in the outdoors in Virginia. So it was toasty. I got to tell you, I, I poured tremendous amounts of sweat on this one, but, um, the five minutes to establish a snatch is plenty of time. I mean, it is so much time. Uh, you, Okay. You load up that you warm up and load up your first weight. You hit that first weight and you have five minutes at the games. We had three minutes. Uh, and I think I got four, five total lifts in in three minutes because I missed one. Uh, but at the games, I hit 185, 195, 205, 215. Um, for this, <clears throat> being that it's a qualifier, I'm at home. I'm in an imperfect environment. I did hit 185, 195, 205. I went for 210. Didn't feel it. Uh, and, and so I just left it at 205. It's fine. So um, that yeah. first snatch is, is pretty much standard. You know, you're, you're starting a camera, reviewing your weights, get up get the snatches out of the way one minute transition this is not one of those workouts where i think i think if you wear lifters for the snatch you can wear lifters for the front squats and for the chest to bar oh no absolutely big deal, right? I, I would think so yep so just cool your jets get get your catch your breath the squats are all about or the the, the next section the next five minute amrap is all about transition two squats two chest to bar you can burn a lot of time between those two transitions. Four, four, six, six, eight, eight. It's all transition. The actual lifting and the actual mm-hmm. chest to bar is just not that big of a deal at that stage. I think once you get to the 10, 10, 12, 12, 14 and beyond, now you're dealing with fatigue. Um, fatigue, mm-hmm. uh, particularly in the squats, double dumbbell front squats can be really challenging. If you read the rules on that one, you can you can set the dumbbells on your shoulders as long as you have your hands on the dumbbells um, on the on the on the handle. handles yeah. yeah so you can do that but uh what i found is that you're just moving too fast five minutes isn't enough time to get you into to set yeah, yeah. Th- those um, that amount of squats like if uh, for me holding the dumbbells in a front squat even into the set of 14 was not fatiguing right. on the shoulders it was fine it was more like i just needed to uh i just needed to to, to move fast if that makes sense. So, um, but that five minutes flies by. Now you get back to the snatch one and you've got minute, a lot yeah, of one minute transition. Yeah. yeah. One minute yeah. is not one enough. minute is probably not enough no. time to recover. No. Yeah. So you just get over there and just stand there for a couple of minutes. In fact, at that point I was actually deloading my barbell. So I, yeah, I, I went back. I took the minute transition to deload my barbell. You can have a pit crew do this for you. I was solo. Mm-hmm. So I deloaded the barbell mm-hmm. down to 185 and I hit, uh, I hit the hit the 185. Just boom, hit it. Felt good. And then I went ahead and, and I Your hit CNS is properly CNS warmed up. CNS is probably warmed point. up. And yeah. that is the key yeah. on the second part. If you think CNS mm-hmm. is super primed, the fatigue is high mm-hmm. when you first get to that barbell. But after you wait one minute and then into that second minute, maybe in that third minute, your fatigue level goes way down. And we know that a super stimulated CNS and a low fatigue level makes for great lifting. This is why we hit PRs uh, after qualifiers. You do some, you know, something right after. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and that's what this workout was like. If, if you allow yourself to realize that you were actually in a better position after that five minute AMRAP for bigger lifts, you could kind of go for Mm -hmm. it there. I could see myself hitting a bigger lift. I, I hit the lifts I wanted to lift and I just decided to stay safe. Um, I don't need to qualify. I'm just having fun. Yeah. Right. I was going to say you're having fun. You're, you have a ticket already punched. Yep. Correct. And that was the workout. It's, you know, it's get that max snatch and then really fast transitions in that middle AMRAP. Um, but it was fun. I would call that workout one of the funner workouts because it's so quick. You're lifting heavy. You got to burn a little bit and then you lift heavy again. And I think generally it's a okay. pretty rewarding situation. Now, two scores. 
yep. two scores. Two scores. If we move into 23.2, I'll share this workout. Uh, and then uh, I actually did this one as well, but I'll get your thoughts on it. And then uh, I'll let you know what it, oh. what it actually felt like. But uh, workout 23.2 okay. is uh, it's for time. It's got an eight minute time cap. Uh, you've got nine burpee box jump overs, nine shoulder to overhead, 12, 12, 15, 15. So an ascending rep scheme, which is a, a dreaded ascending rep scheme, honestly. Uh, the box is a standard box. And the barbell is standard mm-hmm. for most age groups. If we take a look at the scorecard, let me just jump in here real quick. Uh, standard yeah, I see weights. One, 135.95. 135.95. Once you get to 55 yeah. plus, there's some scaling um, on those barbells, appropriate scaling for the 55, the 60 plus, and the 65 plus. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really straightforward. It's a couplet. And you are you're you're taxing your core on the burpee box jump overs and then shoulder to overhead. Uh, thoughts on this one? Yeah, uh, I, I think it was interesting to hear Joe last week say this one was one that they flipped uh, because I think it had gone fifteen twelve nine, uh, and they wanted you know there you always see the light at the end of the tunnel. Fewer yep. reps towards the end. They flip this just to give to play with you mentally and say, "Oh, I'm at the twelves, and I've got to go back and do fifteens now instead." Um, this probably hurts as much as perhaps Fran might. I would I would think this is a burn burn the house down. One, you can tell it's an only an eight minute cap. I don't think it's going to take people anywhere near that. Uh, depending on the age group, uh, this could be a sub three and a half minute workout, sub three maybe for the very young young uh baby masters um i believe yeah. that 135 uh is not much to move uh you know i uh, the scorecard lays out how how to set it up so i know there's a lot of transitions but you're close by on everything so yeah you, you uh, could lose you lose boss. time on the transitions if you just if you stand there but you're when you're moving quick right on this one uh there's no need for chalk you know you're only cleaning the bar three times right. ideally um, ideally never yeah. setting down that bar. Uh, but yeah, experientially you hit the nail on the head. Uh, your, your approximate times, I think baby masters will be sub three thirty. uh, sub three would be a ripping score. Uh, you'd have to really blast those burpee box jump overs. Like you got to go for broke on those. Uh, and that's, yeah, yeah I can yeah. see, I can see some 35 year olds doing that. I think 40 plus and, and beyond it, the slowdown is the burpee box jump overs. Um, for me, I paced those in such a way that I, I planned to just never set down the barbell. So I planned my burpees accordingly. Okay. Right. Uh, I probably in retrospect could have gone a little faster on the burpees, but I, on a nine, 12, 15, the danger is you go too fast too soon. And now you're just going to die. You're just going to die. So the 15 hits you in the face, hits right? in the face. So I found one pace on the burpees. I held that pace the entire time and, uh, yeah, everything was fine. The, until I got to maybe eight on that last set of shoulder to overhead, you finish there, and that got that bar got Ooh. real spicy. And uh, I did manage to to uh, get that done on broken, dropped it just just under sub four. Uh, I <clears throat> I'm not breaking world records on that one, uh, but who that heart rate was Fran like? It really was. You said it was a barn burner, okay, and you are correct. And I think your times, uh, yes. the three thirty to four, the four thirty, depending on your age group, I think those are all fair. Um, but you are, <laughs> you're not specifically lit on fire in any particular. Yeah, your shoulders are a little bit tired, but your your right. heart, your heart is jumping through your chest. Well, uh, I find that happens to me a lot on burpees, especially box jump overs. Um, there's so much movement of your body in space. It just, it never will I call burpee box jump over rest or anything. You get a good rhythm depending on how many you can do or how many you have to do. There's, there's ways and tips and tricks on keeping your hips low and um, just spinning over the box. I mean, there's all that, but still it's moving your body over in space. And to me, I don't care what kind of condition I'm in it. It spikes my heart rate. So yeah, that yuck. (laughs) I know fast. uh, Another short workout. If you think about, the first workout and the second workout, both are very short, very fast. Yep. Five uh, and five. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, <laughs> turn, turn the tables here. If you're doing them in order, you've, you've been blasted with two shorter workouts. Well, 23.3 is a 15 minute AMRAP. So, you know, you're working for 15 minutes. So pace accordingly. Now I've watched a couple of folks go through this, uh, uh, judge one lady and, it is a 15-minute AMRAP of 30 handstand push-ups, nothing out of the ordinary, uh, not not uh, wall-facing or anything like that, just 30 handstand push-ups, can keep them, 30 dumbbell snatch, five on each hand before switching, uh, and then 15-calorie row, 30, 30, 15. And I do remember this a number of years back. Uh, it 
it catches up to you. Uh, I watched uh, both do it, and I think when you break up the handstand push-ups earlier than you think you need to, that's not a bad idea because if you're into rounds three and perhaps round four, you're accumulating an awful lot of time upside down. That's a lot of handstand push-ups. Um, the dumbbell snatch is 70 for the for the uh, uh, men's divisions, the lower divisions, and 50 on up. Uh, 50 for the ladies and then 35 uh, for the older divisions. Uh, you know, I because it's not a squat snatch, I mean, you can kind of grip it and rip it. Uh, and then the, the row, the better rowers, the bigger athletes are going to have an easier time recovering on the row with big pulls, keeping the uh, pace of the rower uh, at a point where they can, it doesn't take long to get the 15 calories. For people who are not the strongest rowers, like such as myself, I think I'm going to be breathing pretty hard in order to get those 15 calories done. And I get off and then I'm right back up on the wall again. So what's the breakup strategy on the hands? and push-ups uh it's early break them up early and often even in the first round to, to save that yeah. a bit yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean can can we go 20 absolutely could you go 20 and 10 sure i just think uh smaller sets at the outset keeping knowing that you don't need a lot of rest there you kick off shake out kick right back up it is kipping. just taking it's some not of that tension off so it is yeah kipping, it's kipping so, okay. it's kipping so yeah, you that's handy. you're just you're just gonna pound the top of your head into the pad fine um a lot of times so delightful uh, doing that um that's on my agenda this is tomorrow. you know the medium time domain yep a lot of reps will be accumulated um Limited transitions, break up, break them up probably a little earlier than you think to, than you need to, because you're going to be able to move efficiently through the snatches. You know, yep. before you knew it, you were done. They were done. I, I'm doing my little tick marks and suddenly they're at 25 and I'm like, whoa, five more. Boom, onto the rower. So, uh, yeah, I, I remember this. I remember this one. I think this might have been 2020. I think so. I remember I doing think, this in, in the think. garage in 2020. And, yeah, uh, yeah um, exactly. I remember the dumbbell being really heavy for me at the time. I didn't have a lot of reps at 70. And I think over the past two years, I've right. done a lot more reps at that weight that uh, gives me a bit more confidence right. on one hand. Uh, but also, I realized that that's, that's a sticky spot right there. I think the handstand push-ups, because they're kipping, okay, I can chip my way through that. Yeah. You know, yeah. five sets of six or eight, Rower. seven, six, five, four, something like that. But honestly, when we're doing five and five and five and five, and five and five on the snatches, that can get that can light you up, um, wear out your shoulders, mm-hmm. uh, get get your core really involved. Uh huh. Because it's five on the one side, yeah. there's no break. Like if you're alternating, you could go a little bit longer. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think I actually like the way that's programmed. I like it because it's going to be a, a really challenging stimulus. Uh, but I'm not. I like it from a programming standpoint. I don't necessarily love it uh, as a participant. Right. Well, <laughs> good luck. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I was going to say good luck tomorrow. Well, let's yep. see. Uh, moving on to 23.4, we've got a 14-minute time yep. cap. So this is going to be a little longer. Four rounds, mm-hmm. 75 double-unders, 40 double dumbbell front rack lunges, and 12.963 on those ring muscle-ups. Uh, I certainly don't remember doing these, but I haven't had to do the qualifier since 2020. So uh, mm-hmm. I still respect this workout and I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. I do think this is going to be really challenging, particularly for those age groups 44 and under where they're doing 40 feet of double dumbbell front rack walking ledges with 70s. That, oof, thank oof yeah. Thank, thank goodness I'm old. Me okay. too. I'll take it. I mean, well, honestly, we'll just take it. Yeah. So um, this is what Joe said. Uh, the only change in this one was it were, was four, three, two, one rope climbs. Right. They, ch- they swapped that out and went 12, 9, 6, 3 ring muscle-ups because they wanted to have ring muscle-ups in the qualifier. So 30 ring muscle-ups is no joke. No um, joke. You know, 75 double-unders, you can get through that each round, no breaks, or maybe there's a trip in there, so it's one break. I mean, I don't know. I mean, that's not as as much of a, a place to, to uh, cause friction as the, the dumbbell um, – front rack lunges that'll start to wear on you and then the, the muscle ups will get uh there'll be some fatigue there oh yeah i you know? i look at those muscle ups yeah, and I, I i'm very 30. go ahead no i was gonna say i love muscle ups i think that's my i said but when you're doing it in combination with the double unders and the front rack walking lunges yeah that's the sticky spot right there is um man that's a it's a lot right. of ring muscle ups um and yeah if it was just double unders and ring muscle ups i think I think there's a fair chance to go unbroken here, but those double dumbbell front rack lunges uh, are as fatiguing to the uh, cardiovascular system in the legs as they are to the shoulders. Uh, and I think mm-hmm. uh, 
I didn't look at the rules on where we can place those dumbbells on our shoulders, but it's just enough. It doesn't matter really where we place them as long as we're placing them on our shoulders within the rules. Um, Mm-hmm. but it's just not restful. The shoulders are going to be under fatigue and then go up to those ring muscle-ups. And this is one of those where like, could I do 12 unbroken? Yeah, I could do 12 and nine and six and three unbroken. But will I, because of the fatigue built into this, it it is unlikely. Right. This is not one of those swing for the fences on the ring muscle-ups because everything will be fine on the next round kind of workout. It's uh, no. Yeah, no shoulders for double unders. Yeah. Some shoulder fatigue with the walking lunges. Yep. And then suddenly shoulders with the uh, ring muscle-ups. This workout starts with ring muscle-ups. You could swing for the fences all day, but it's not. It, this is the, the no. muscle-ups are the Correct. last part. And that's, that's for a reason. It's a, it's a trap as they always say, you know, it's, it's a trap. Um, so seven, five or eight, four on that first set, maybe a six, three or a five, four right. uh, hang on for the six hang right. on for the three maybe something like that okay all right now this is one i might like to uh give it a whirl maybe I, we'll have a report back next i want to hear from you <laughs> on that one specifically i okay. really would all right all right tell us about 23.5 uh, i watched someone do 23. this one 23.5 okay all right that uh 23.5 again three-parter uh it is your final score is going to be combined from all three of the AMRAPs. And so the first one is a three-minute AMRAP, 10 cleans at your first weight. We'll go over the weights here in a second. 10 cleans, uh, 10 toes to bar. Uh, So an AMRAP of three minutes of that couplet. Rest one minute, another three-minute AMRAP. The couplet is the same, eight cleans, but at a higher weight, eight toes to bar. Rest a minute, another three-minute AMRAP to finish it off. Same couplet, six cleans, though, at a third weight and six toes to bar. So you're always working on this couplet, just like we had in the first workout. Uh, however, the weight goes up and the reps come down. Correct. Uh, men's weight without uh, looking at uh, too much of the scaling, it's 155, 185, 205. Um, and for the women, it's 115, 135, and 145. Uh, th- those are... Those are you know, decent weights to move yep. um, uh, for a clean. It's not shouldered. It's not ground overhead, but uh, you know, you're, you're just cleaning the weight, but still you'll be uh, by the time that weight gets to two Oh five, you'll have a full six minutes plus already in, in, and uh, they will get, they will get heavy in my opinion. I, I agree. It's a, it's, I, I was able to travel over and hang out with uh, Art Hamilton today. He's a, a master's competitor. Oh, yeah. I, I went and worked out in his garage yep. with him today. Yeah. Yep. So no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. We did some, uh, we did some, some lifting and some, uh, we just did some work and then I did 23.2 and then he did this workout. So I got to watch him do this because he just did 23.2 yesterday. He gave me a time to beat, which was awesome. And I saw his little post about that little bit. I know. Yeah. And I was was in that garage today. Uh, really, really fun. He's a great guy. So, um, yeah, he got into this and he's a strong dude, really strong. This, uh, Mm -hmm. he could do toes to bar all day and the guy can lift. I mean, he snatched 251 at the games in 2021, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. Dude's strong. Um, He's had some injuries, but he's still retained all that strength. So just watching this, uh, I think a lot of people are going to be right around that three round mark at the end of the first AMRAP. You know, if you go touch and go on those cleans. 10, 10. That's probably a trap. You know, it it feels like it's probably, uh, you know, a handful of touch and go or quick singles at the 155, then get to the toes to bar and then back to the singles. Um, doing touch and mm-hmm. go becomes quite grippy and super fatiguing. And that's just the first round. One minute reset is is not a lot of time. So you're not recovering. You're kind of jumping back into the deep end on round two, which is what I saw uh, as he went into round two. The 185 pounds looked heavy. Uh, looked really heavy. You've got a lot of fatigue building up in the system. At that point, you've done 30 plus cleans, 30 plus toes to bar, which is not something right. that's not a small amount. Right. Now you've got a heavier weight and you're doing eight and eight, which is just enough to to struggle with hope um, when you're doing eight power cleans at 185. Uh, the toes to bar, again, oh. are just an interruption. Thankfully, you're you're getting a break from the cleans, but you get back to the cleans and they just seem tough um the last weight 205 you're, you're actually getting a lot of fatigue or at least what i i imagined for myself what i saw today was you're getting a lot of fatigue in your quads um the lifting the bar catching mm-hmm. the bar in that partial squat position which is just a standard power clean but again by the time you get to the third weight mm-hmm. you could maybe be at um you, you could be at 55 or so cleans at that point i mean maybe more or less now you're at 205 Whoa. um yeah now you're really struggling for six and six 
in a perfect world, there's a lot more. Maybe they double the toes to bar, right? So you get a lot more mm-hmm. time on the toes to bar. But that's not and what they rest did. from yeah. moving the barbell. They right? didn't do no. that. They yeah. did it in such a way that it makes it even tougher because the toes to bar just isn't enough of a break, but it's enough of a nuisance to give you the push pull stimulus, which is what this workout kind of is. And we know the push pull stimulus in the mm-hmm. in Fran and other workouts that have any kind of push pull. It's going to light your heart on fire uh, and set different parts of your body on fire, which is uh, really what this workout is. And it's nine minutes of effort, um, consistent, very hard effort for nine minutes. This isn't a break. You don't get a lot of transitions. You're not taking a lot of breaths. You are cleaning or doing toes to bar for nine minutes. That's tough. Well, I don't like the way you describe yeah, that because it was, art is strong and you are strong. And here I'm sitting here looking. Our weights are the same. I'm, <laughs> yeesh, okay. I know. You don't yeah. get, you, you've got Cross a couple more years. Off. Yeah, a couple more years before you get a discount, my friend. Yeah. Jeez, oh, Pete. Okay. All right. <laughs> that, yikes. All right. So that is, uh, that's 23.5. Uh, will you do that tomorrow or I, you wait? A- you know what? I, my plan. No, no, you're doing, yeah, you'll, you'll wait. I'll wait. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do that one. I believe Saturday. I'm going to yeah. do the last two, five and six. Um, I'm going to try. I'm going to be okay. at a gym tomorrow. So I may actually sneak in uh, 23.3. I may have to do 23.4 because of the ring muscle ups. Um, I, it's nice to have a gym. I'll be at the Outer Banks later this week so I can do the last two workouts there. But for the handstand pushups, it'd be nice to be in a gym as well as the ring muscle ups. And I, I would really like to be able to test mm-hmm. all of these. So I may have right. to do both of those tomorrow, which would be just delightful. Um, I'll save oh. this last one for Saturday okay. afternoon. I'll do, do this workout and then I'll go jump in the ocean with my kids. Uh, 23.6 is, uh, is 9, 15, 21, 27 calories on the rower, lateral burpees over the rower. This, uh, this is a repeat from last year, which, uh, last year it was reverse order 27, 21, 15, nine. And that was delightful because you had this hope you, as, as you were doing it, you know, you were like, thank God I'm not doing 21 again. Thank God I'm not doing 15 again. As you're working your way through this, this is really going to be a psychological push on this workout. Uh, nine is going to go fast 15 21 27 they're just going to be quite a, a drag uh what are your thoughts have you have you judged anyone seen anyone do this one yet no no i have not and since i was had the foot in a boot last year i didn't try this one um it just this is the year of joe reversing everything mm-hmm. and he just it's his way to just i think toy with the community yeah. Uh, so I would not expect the same type of uh, uh, mental games maybe in future qualifiers. I can't imagine they'll do that two years in a row. Agreed. We'll see. But yeah, this is we know what this uh, what the numbers felt like. Uh, I think it was um, quarterfinals, yeah. age group quarterfinals, yep. where we had thrusters and calorie rows and that awful yep. uh, uh, couplet there. Here again. You're moving your body in space. Yeah. Burpees just have a tendency to hurt. Uh, and knowing that you have more to do this round than you did last round, it's just a defeating feeling. So uh, I, I think a, a, de- a decent pace set from the outset will help you avoid uh, hitting the wall in the you know round of 21, I would think. Right. Um, I think that 21 could get ugly because if that gets ugly, then that really doesn't give you much, uh, uh, I don't say, uh, effort or energy for the round of 27. Well, what do you think is harder, burpees over the rower or thrusters? If we're comparing this to the open workout or the quarterfinal workout. Oh, I think thrusters. I think thrusters. Thrusters are harder. Uh, I think so. Okay. I, I really do. For me. Okay. I would, I probably agree. I think, I think thrusters could be faster. I was trying to think about my time and I think, yeah, I think I'll be seven minutes, six minutes, something like that. I think it was, I don't remember exactly. I was nine. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Uh, maybe six fifty or something. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the thruster, I think thrusters could be faster. Uh, but actually not, I mean, I'm trying to think through my head. Like, I feel like this is, maybe it's almost the same, but the burpees can get real sluggish, uh, as we work through this. So, my my thought on this one is yeah we have to find that consistent effort we have to be careful in those earlier rounds because again huge trap mm-hmm. to go too hard at nine and fifteen and then die on your last forty eight reps you know that's what you got left forty eight reps yeah. of each yep so uh, pace that nine pace that five that fifteen uh, I think I think you could be slightly more aggressive than you think on the row uh, because rower yeah on okay. the rower I th- I want to be a little more aggressive there 
uh, than I think I was when I tested this last year. And then see if I can hang on to burpees at a pace that's just machine-like. Not necessarily fast, just this is what I do. I, I right. drop down, step up with one leg, step up with the other leg, hop over. Uh, I've got kind of a rhythm and a way that I do that that just gives me the incentive to focus on which leg I'm stepping up with, which leg I'm hopping with, um, or both legs really hop at the same time. But if I find, I find that I can, if I slightly distract myself with the mechanics of the movement, like a burpee, which is so machine-like, it mm-hmm. somewhat distracts me from the pain to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. Then I, all I'm focusing on is efficient movement to the floor, efficient steps up and a hop over. So I'm, I'm breaking down those mechanics into their specific parts, focusing specifically and expressly on that. And then, you know, if I get to the 27 and, or the, yeah, the set of 27, I'm on my 20th rep. And if I've got anything in the tank, I'll set my soul on fire for seven more reps. But the reality <laughs> is I'm probably going to just be trying with everything I've got in me to hold the same pace for the last seven and as opposed to uh, laying on the floor and stopping. You know, that's really the burpee. The dangerous well, part of burpee is when you get to the floor, sometimes it feels good to take one breath on the floor. It's never a good idea. Absolutely. Never good. No, I know. But have have we done it? Raise your hand. Yeah, of course we have. Yeah, I've I've laid there. I've taken that extra breath. Uh, I also have to admit, uh, early early on, I I tripped a few times in uh, doing burpees over the rower. So it is always at the back of my mind now. (laughs) Are my feet clearing? I hate tripping over the rower. Um, And side note, I... I was at, you know the story, but I was at a, a, a regional competition, a, you know, somewhat local competition uh, a week ago, and it was uh, burpees over a worm, double hop burpees over a worm. And the thought that went through my head as I was practicing and warming up was going over a rower, roughly the same height, the rail versus the worm. There's just something about hitting your shin or <laughs> ankle on a rower rail. Oh, yeah. It's yuck a, a terrible feeling so i if if i were to ever i didn't luckily clip my feet going over the uh, worm much easier to clip a clip your ankle on a sandbag than on a uh, rower rail so i i just oh, burpees over the rail yeah now, again this one i i'll be able to do but um i could do this in the garage if i need to yeah um, that's, that's what's fun about that part. one it's oh, oh this one this one's yeah. i'm gonna do this yeah. in paradise in you know so space and equipment yeah it's yeah, perfect and there is a uh on this one you don't have to have a two-foot takeoff but i believe you have to show a jump so you can't step over the rower but it doesn't have an explicit two-foot takeoff rule okay um, all right i'll definitely read so yeah. that's front, i think that that would be the last point that i'd make is is do check these scorecards do check the flow if you're if you're trying to qualify right. for legends you want to have your camera right you want to have the flow right in fact i forgot about the right. five rep per hand on the snatches until you said it just a couple minutes ago i was like oh yep. that's right it's five per hand and uh it just yep. has me think you know i i did program these workouts for our boulder athletes this week so whether they're training for the game training uh for for the long term or they're trying to qualify for legends either way they're doing the qualifiers this week uh and it's uh right. it's always a reminder and i remind all of them to go ahead if you are specifically qualifying or attempting to qualify be sure to know that scorecard treat this like the crossfit open like quarterfinals um it's it's really good practice for that, first of all. But right. second of all, you hey, well, you don't want to do these over again on a technicality. No, we we will be Joe's mouthpiece because I think he said it last week. His one of his hardest things uh, that they have to battle with are uh, reviewing videos yeah. and people just maybe not setting things up correctly, yep. bad angles. Um, go through that. Take your time. A, read the scorecard like you just said, and B, um, use the timer to record one round of something or something just to make sure yeah. you're in the frame. Yep. It's not worth, as you said, having to redo this again. Not at Take all. Take it seriously. Yep. Uh, the folks that um, have put this together have taken the time to give you layouts of where they would recommend a camera be. They're not doing that just for grins. And they yeah. do it for a reason because they think that'll be the optimal way for them to review your video. And so, here's another reminder. Uh, I do have a YouTube time. video on recording qualifier workouts. If this is your first time, uh, just go to YouTube, search Jason Grubb uh, camera setup, I believe would be a good search term. Okay. Um, you want to have two cameras. You really do. You want to have a main camera and a backup camera. I use uh, an iPhone and a GoPro. And I have in my video on YouTube how to set that up specifically. It's very simple. Even I, I have a link to all the things you order on Amazon. It might be like $8 worth of Uh, little pieces so you can have two cameras on the same tripod going at the same time one of my clients this week he was testing 23 point uh 
22. I, I think, yeah, 20, oh, 23.4. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. He's testing that today and his phone overheated. So he was doing it outdoors in Tennessee. Very hot out there. So he said, he said, honestly, oh. I don't mind redoing it in like 20 degrees. Less heat will be good for me. But his camera overheated before the video was done. So he lost the last round and that's a no go. So he's going to have oh. to redo it. Yeah. Nope. Um, and that's, yep. you know, uh, it's why you always want to have two cameras. I've only had one camera fail ever, but I had a backup camera in place. So again, it's just good practice. If if you want to go to the games next year, and if you want to be in that top 40 or 30 or 20 or however many they take to the games, be well practiced at this one thing um, and, 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 and do it right. Here's a great event to practice yep. these uh, those skills at. Yep. Absolutely. This is part of it. They, we're not going to have live events to qualify for things. We It's not those opportunities aren't going to present mm-hmm. themselves to us. Yep. So let's become, let, let's do what we need to do so that we can get to these events and uh, show the world uh, what, what we can do as Masters athletes, right? Um, pick of the week, Rick. You've got a pick of the week this week. Yep. Uh, you texted it over to me. Tell me what you got. Yep. I think we'll uh, attach it to the show notes, we will. I believe. Yep. Uh, it is another podcast. Shocker. I listen to other podcasts, a lot of them, believe it or not. It's uh, from the Whoop podcast series, and it is uh, it was back in May. I stumbled upon it a few days ago. I was just looking for something, you know, about right into that hour time frame. And you brought this book up a number of episodes ago from us, um, uh, Breath with James, by James Nestor, and the art science of nasal breathing and the health benefits, um, you know, overcoming all kinds of uh, allergies and, and deficiencies just it, it, while you're young. And then it moves into evolving into improving athletic performance and, you know, how to start out. I think the interview was well, uh, she had some really good questions like, step one, what should I do? You know, trying to learn to walk before I run. What do I need to do for the whole concept of nasal breathing? And if you don't want to read the book, this is a great one-hour escape to get you back into that mindset and that to see the value of how we are breathing incorrectly as a population and the benefits of breathing. Improving your breathing can help in all facets facets of life. And a funny thing at the end, he was being asked about where to find some more information. Uh, he's like, hey, this social media thing, it's just a hassle. I'm lazy. I don't do it well. But what I have on my website, uh, I think he was given permission to attach links to all the research studies that he used for the book and anything else that has come out since. Um, he said, everything is there. Go to the website. He goes, I'm not making money from these links or anything like that. He just said, the information is there. Use it. That's what this is about. So I think that was that's a good resource. That's great. Um, I haven't gone to the website, yeah. but I got a lot out of the podcast. Again, just a great refresher. One hour. So good. That, that was an impactful book for me. Uh, really impactful. So I love it. I love it. I'll have to listen to that podcast to get a yeah. refresher on all yeah. of that. A reminder. Yeah. The hour will go so fast. Yeah. You won't even you won't even notice the passage of time. And you'll be like, this spurs on why I was doing what I'm doing. That's amazing. Yeah. This is great. Uh, my pick of the week is uh, for those uh, who, like me, have addictive personalities and uh, may have had or may have a, an addiction to chewing tobacco. Uh, I've talked about this uh, in uh, my other social media things. Um, but I, I was a tobacco chewer for about 10 years. And when I qualified for the games in 2018, I had this thought uh, that occurred to me and it was that uh, a, a games athlete does not chew tobacco. And that's just that's just the standard I set for myself. I'm a CrossFit Games athlete and a games athlete doesn't chew tobacco. So I threw away the can of tobacco, felt really good about myself for about three minutes. And then I had to battle <laughs> for the next hour and for the next day and every single hour of the next day and for the entire week and for a couple of weeks until uh, I the, the urge, the habits, all of that had just kind of gone away. And about six months after that, randomly, I had some incredible cravings. Uh, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I drove to the gas station where I always used to pick up tobacco. I didn't actually do it uh, at the time, but um, I mentioned to a friend, like I was just struggling. I really wanted some tobacco. And um, he said, hey, have you ever tried grinds? Uh, grinds as in like coffee grounds. Think of it that way. It's grinds. And it's all this is, is little coffee pouches. So if you're a tobacco chewer, and I know this is just a very sliver of our audience that, that 
chews tobacco or has chewed tobacco. Um, you know, it's these little pouches that you tuck in there and they're really well hidden. No one knows that you've got a, you're chewing tobacco at that moment. Um, that is a very habit. Of, it's, it's an addiction based on that habit. These grinds are just little coffee pouches. And these coffee pouches tuck into that spot in your cheek where you used to chew tobacco. And honestly, it's a behavior replacement tool for me that I still use. I still have these weird, these habits from five years ago. But for five years, I've used Grinds coffee pouches to keep me from uh, ever going back to tobacco. A Grinds is good enough. They're not addictive. So uh, so I, I could go a day or two just having forgotten. But then I'll be on a drive and I'll think, man, I just want to, oh, I have a Grinds. And I'll just grab a Grinds, pop one in. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the other side benefit. Caffeine is a supplement. Okay. So caffeine is is a, is a yes. performance enhancing. I was hoping you'd go <laughs> right? there. So, I mean, honestly, at yeah. the games, I'll just say that, you know, when you do one or two events in the morning, then you've got a four hour gap. And then another event in the evening, maybe early, early evening, like maybe four or five o'clock, you're pretty tired at that point. Like there's, you need a little bit of uh, a wake up call. Now, when you get on the competition field, you have plenty of adrenaline, but I'll tell you, popping two of these in will give you 50 milligrams of caffeine. And um, I mean, that's, that's not that much when you're a coffee drinker like me, but it's just enough to give you just a little bit of (laughs) caffeine. And now you're warming up. Now you're ready to go out there and crush an event. But um, I, I really, I don't really think of it really as the performance enhancing benefits of caffeine, although that's a side benefit. But for me, and for those of you that that either have or still struggle with chewing tobacco, um, grinds is the key. And if, if you're struggling with anything, if you need some accountability, reach out to me. I'm I've more than happy to be an accountability partner for you if you're in the process of quitting. I just want to throw that out there. So grinds, I'll have a link in the show notes below. They're not a sponsor. Um, Excellent. But I just love the brand. I love what they what they stand for. And uh, yeah, we got to get we can't be chewing tobacco. It's just it's just putting poison in our no. mouth every day. How about how about how about ca- uh, caffeine for long drives? I mean, I've obviously, done my it's share so great. Right. Yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I was going to say, I love a cup I'm of drinking, coffee. I'm drinking my caffeine. But, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. You've got you've got grinds, dude. I just double down. I just have you a cup of coffee. Both. Yeah, I got both. Yeah, I got I both. Say, I mean, as a true addict, there, I've got both. There's a cup in the cup holder, and then the, <laughs> yes. there's a grind. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. That works. And the great thing Trust about this is you don't have some sort of a spit can or a cup or something that's just disgusting. It's it's just coffee. It's fully exactly. You could eat this thing if you wanted to. Um. Well, Rick, another another great episode. So I appreciate you, man. Uh, love doing this with you. Likewise. And let's have a, uh, a successful week and we'll have some feedback oh, on yeah. how far we've gotten through some of these uh, tests. Yes. Uh, when we talk that. Yes, I will be done with them. One and uh, done. Good luck to you. <laughs> All uh. right, guys. Thanks for tuning into the Masters in Motion podcast. If you found this episode helpful, we'd be so grateful if you could take a moment to leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or your preferred podcast app. Your support helps us reach more listeners and grow our Masters community. Until next time, guys. Get bolder, not older. See ya.